on July 8, 2014, at the Varna Airport in Varna, Bulgaria, a young German man enters with his luggage. Mere minutes later, he is seen on CCTV running for his life, and he disappears without a trace. What exactly happened to this young man remains a mystery to this day. You're listening to the Mysterious Brews podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Lars Matank. To a deep, dark, dank, <laughs> moist basement. Somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Well, Coach, how, how was your Christmas? It was okay. Went to Pigeon Forge. Spent a good chunk of change, but I had a really good time. That's all that matters, man. That's all that matters. That's right. Well, we, we had the sickness. We all had covid the wife got it first. She lived. I know. The w- wife got it first, and then I got it, and then the kid got it. So, Yeah, you can't live in the same house with somebody and not get what they got. You right. know what I'm saying? I agree. It's going to happen. I agree. It's been a... got a hotel for the week. It's been pretty shitty, literally. Oh, nobody needs to know that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we do have some uh, new uh, patrons. We've got two new patrons. Heck yeah. We got in the new year. That's right. We got Mr. Anthony Gomez and Miss Andrea Sizemore. Welcome aboard at the $3 tier. Nice. We were number two in Uganda. In Uganda. We were number two. True crime. Who was number one? I don't know. I'm just impressed that. They can actually listen to our Queen's English and understand what the heck we're talking about. So, wow, that's that's, that's awesome. Big milestone. We got the hundred thousand downloads this week. Only three months later than when you told me. I know. I'm so disappointed that you couldn't realize it. <laughs> but moving along, we are talking about Lars Matank, and he was born. On February 9th, 1986, in Berlin, Germany. And on June 30th of 2014, Lars, at the time, was a, was 28 years old. And he had joined a group of his friends to travel to Varna, Bulgaria, on the Black Sea. They were staying at the Gold Sands Resort and had plans to return to Germany on July the 7th. During their stay, the group had gone to a bar, and it was at the bar where an altercation between four men and the group occurred. What was described in the media as a bar fight began when the two groups disagreed on which soccer club was the best. Was it SV Werder Bremen or Bayern Munich? Now, Lars was a fan of the Werder Club, while the other four men were Bremen fans. And according to his friends, Lars and the group headed to a nearby McDonald's after the altercation at the bar. Lars stayed outside while the others went in, and when his friends exited the restaurante, Lars was nowhere to be found. And he was missing the rest of the evening and finally turned up the next morning looking like he had had the hell beat out of him. Yeah. 
And he tells his friends that he just had the hell beat out of him. And he says that he had gotten into a physical fight with four Russian men that were hired by the four men at the bar about the soccer disagreement. Dude, that's just crazy to me. Like, I'm a diehard sports fan. You know, I'm a big fan of the greatest team of all time, the Tennessee Volunteers. But you're not going to catch me freaking fighting people over it. No, if you want to say they suck, go right ahead. But when the friends take a gander at young Lars, they realize real quick that he needs to go to the local hospital. And so they take him. He's pretty messed up. They take him and there Lars tells a physician that he had been punched in the head repeatedly. And upon examination, they figure out that Lars has a perforated eardrum and a possible concussion. He was then prescribed an antibiotic called Sephiroxamine. Of course. And I killed it. Yeah. Yep. Like always. Yep. And was forced to stay back in Bulgaria while his friends were going to fly home to Itzhoe in northern Germany. Now, according to reports, a health expert advised the young man to avoid boarding the plane as the air pressure change would have hurt his ear. Lars eventually checked into a hotel called Hotel Color near the Varna Airport and his friends were going to stay behind until he was ready to travel, but Lars said, no, just go ahead and go on back. This is not going to take but another day. Now, one of... That's, okay, okay, first of all, that's a horrible mistake. You're in a different country. Like, why on earth would you stay by yourself in a foreign country? That's just, That's just, to me, that's foolish. Yeah, and I read where that he could have really gone in. They could have done like an outpatient little surgery, and he could have flown that day. That they could have patched it up, and he would have been fine. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm with you though. I'm not staying any longer by myself, especially. Even I mean, you're you're gonna stay by yourself in a country where you just got your ass kicked. So you're quite aware that there's people capable of great violence in this country. Yes, yes. Over soccer. Yeah. Now, one of Lars's friends would t- later tell a German television station that Lars was relaxed and in a good mood when they left him. Lars' mother, however, has a different tale. She says that she got a horrifying call from her son later from his hotel room where he was panicked and told her that he was being followed by some men trying to kill him. Yeah. That's not good. No, no. He reportedly told his mother to cancel his bank cards, and his mother, Sandra Matank, told a German TV reporter, quote, I thought, God, my son is in danger. I could hear in his I could hear his heart pounding over the phone. He said people were trying to rob him or kill him, end quote. Sandra went on to say that Lars had texted her asking about the antibiotics the physician had prescribed him as well. Well, and the hotel that he checked in at is not the uh the Ritz? Well, it, yeah, it's not the Ritz-Carlton. It's kind of a seedy motel. Rumor has it, some uh, ladies of the night. <gasps> in a foreign country? In that general area. Oh, do tell. And so he's, yeah, he gets so paranoid that he leaves the hotel in the middle of the night. He gets all his stuff and he's gone. Yeah, now CCTV footage would show Lars being, what is described as being, 
frustrated pacing up and down the hotel foyer, looking out the windows and at one point even hiding in an elevator. Now, around 1 a.m., Lars is seen leaving the hotel and then returns sometimes later. Uh, no one knows where Lars went during that time. Now, the early hours of July the 8th, Lars stops a taxi and asks the driver to take him to the Barna Airport. It was also at this time that Lars texted his mother telling her that he had arrived safely at the airport terminal. According to an airport doctor that examined Lars before the flight was scheduled, stated that he appeared, quote, nervous and erratic. He was also very suspicious of the prescription that was previously given to him. It was at this time that something extremely strange occurred. Now, according to Dr. Costa Kostvov, Lars began to tremble when he saw a construction worker enter the room and cried, quote, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here. At one point, Lars got up from the chair he was sitting in, left his wallet, cell phone, and luggage at the doctor's office, left the room, and sprinted out of the terminal across its courtyard. The airport security cameras recorded Lars running towards the woods surrounding the airport. He was running without looking back as if he was running away from something, but the cameras didn't record any more. Then he jumped over a barbed wire fence about eight foot tall, and once he was on the other side of the fence near the woods, he was out of sight of any security camera, and Lars Matank has never been seen again. And it is some eerie footage. It's all over YouTube. I mean, he just bolts. Yeah, he was running from something. He was definitely scared. Yes. Uh, the taxi driver who drove Lars to the airport reiterated the doctor's position about Lars. He displayed, according to the taxi driver, some very restless behavior, and his eyes were extremely red. Now, there's a plethora of theories out there, and one was that the Cephrazil that he was prescribed, when combined with alcohol, would have it, uh, caused unwanted side effects. And this could result in severe hallucinations. Now, the side effects listed for Cephrazil include anxiety, dizziness, palpitations, among others. Also, even though Lars was taking the antibiotic and went with his friends to a bar, he may have simply neglected the doctor's orders and drank some alcohol, which is not good. Ooh. Now, there is a YouTube video on the YouTube <laughs> it's funny how that works out, huh? And the man's name is Dr. Todd Grande, and he has his own YouTube channel. And he did a video on Lars's story, and he says that in his research that he could not find Lars having any history of mental illness. Now, a theory out there is that Lars was looking for an excuse to run away and start a new life. If that's true, you're still going to need your wallet. Or your passport. And your passport. Now, if you're just going to live in Bulgaria for the rest of your life. True. Grande doubts this, however, because Lars was on good terms with his loved ones. His friends offered to reschedule their flight so he didn't have to fly back alone. And he had texted his mother throughout the trip. Lars also didn't take anything with him when he fled, leaving his, like we said, passport, wallet, and phone at the airport. Now, another theory states that Lars was involved with some kind of criminal enterprise that neither his loved ones nor authorities knew about, which they hypothesized to drug trafficking. 
Now, this theory would explain why Lars was never found, but there is no evidence to support such a claim. Now, another possibility is that Lars was murdered. While staying behind in Bulgaria, he told his mother that he was being followed, and many online sleuths suspect that the men he fought at the bar were still after him. If they were in pursuit, it could explain why Lars ran away. It also could explain why no one ever found his body. Because the incident happened in Bulgaria, it is considered that Lars might even have become the victim of human trafficking. Now, Bulgaria has one of the highest rates of human trafficking in the European Union. As reported over the past five years, human traffickers exploit domestic and foreign victims in Bulgaria and abroad. Now, Bulgaria remains one of the primary source countries for human trafficking. People are forced into slavery, adultery, and drug smuggling. Some have even had their organs removed against their will. Waking up in the old bathtub of ice. Now, another theory holds that Lars could have been under the influence of drugs around the time of his disappearance. A lot of people believe that the Cefrazil, the antibiotic which he had been prescribed to treat his ruptured eardrum, possibly combined with another illegal substance, might have led him to suffering a psychotic episode. Now, strange as it sounds, it's not impossible. The dizziness, the restlessness, and hyperactivity are common side effects. On top of that, studies suggest that acute psychosis could be a, quote, potential adverse effect, end quote, of some antibiotics. Now, this could explain how the behavior of someone with no history of mental illness could have changed so suddenly. I mean, that's just, that's a very bad reaction. Yes, that's one of those, if you see, if this, you have this reaction, please contact your physician. But if you're not, I mean, I don't know, if you're in that psychotic moment, you're not going to have the wits about you to think, hey, I might need to go to the doctor. Yeah, you're probably not thinking straight. Probably not with the psychosis. <laughs> now, if Lars was suffering from psychosis, the Cefrazil he was taking may not have been the direct cause. In the video, Dr. Grande proposes Lars may have experienced first break psychosis or the onset of something like schizophrenia. This, that, he, I mean, that quick though. That's just well, from what that's he's on the the back end of the age window of when it first raises its head. I think it's anything. Yeah, but I mean, to have that serious of a... Oh, I know, yeah. ...episode, that's just... I don't believe it. Call that, bullshit. He, uh, Dr. Grande goes on and states that that would explain his paranoia, delusions, and and, and anxiety, and that the Cephrazil could have heightened those uh, side effects if he did have a first-break psychosis. While Dr. Grande thinks that this psychosis theory is probably the most convincing, he stresses that it does not explain why Lars ran away or why his body has never been found. Despite years of investigation from the BKA, I have no idea what that is, but it's Germany's uh, Federal Criminal Police Office. I don't know what the BK stands for. Uh, Lars remains missing to this day. Every now and again... um, Someone has watched Lars Matonk's video and seems to have seen him somewhere in the world. In 2016, police in Porto Velho, Brazil, picked up a man with no identification and apparently no idea who he was. 
Once an image of the man recovering in a hospital circulated on social media, online sleuths noted that he had very similar features to Matant. And the man was later identified, though, as Anton Philippa, who lived in Toronto and had been missing for five years. In 2019, a truck driver claimed to have have given Lars a ride out of Dresden, and the driver picked up a hitchhiker as he was leaving for the city of Brandenburg. On the way, he could not help but notice the passenger's resemblance to Lars Matant. That lead, however, went nowhere. Now, over the years, Sandra Matank has uh, gotten messages and photos from all over the world, including one of a man who resembles Lars in South America. That again, that was going to be proven false, but it was, it was actually another person that had been missing for several years. Yes. Now, undaunted, she continues to post messages on social media, and she even has a face group, Facebook group with 41,000 people strong called Find Lars Matank also regularly posting and apparently um, posting flyers in locations all over Europe in an effort to find the world's most famous missing tourist. Sandra wants her son back, and she is doing everything she can. For instance, she has hired a private detective who looked for Lars in Bulgaria. She has gone on German and Bulgarian TV numerous times trying to keep her son's case relevant. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's basically the facts of the case. There's not a whole lot out there other than the the video and some conjecture. Right. Join us next week. When we uh, solve another one. <laughs> yeah, we. in order to make this podcast worth listening to, we're actually going to have to put in our ideas and theories here. I know, that's crazy. Ugh. Now, that was awful. The, I, I read somewhere in one of the articles, I think it was on Grunge, or grudge, um, that the grunge is a music genre. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> they thought that there was credence to the uh, illegal drug trade, and that they didn't know at the time whether or not his suitcase had been looked at. But the way the article read, they were saying that the the friends actually took the drugs back to Germany. They had gone to Bulgaria to pick them up, and that Lars had uh, dabbled in the old methamphetamine along with his antibiotic, which caused a horrible reaction, and that is the basis of his psychosis. I mean, it's plausible, but he just didn't have, kind of like that Dr. Grande said, he didn't have a history of not, he didn't have a history of drug use, and he also didn't have a history of uh, not contacting his uh, friends and family. So, yeah, I don't know, man. This is an odd one. I don't. Obviously, he has something seriously mentally wrong. Whether he it is a perceived threat or a true threat, he bolted from that airport like his life was in danger. Oh yeah, he got the hell out of there. Once he, once he was out into the parking lot, and he, he did kind of look like he slowed down a good good bit but to get out of the actual airport he was a dead sprint yeah and it's odd that when he sees that construction worker is when he thinks he's about to die and tells the doctor that he doesn't want to die in the airport so that kind of leads you to believe were the russians that supposedly beat the piss out of him were they local construction workers you know or i read that uh well, I didn't read anything. I saw on YouTube that the construction worker 
was dressed in a manner that could have been mistaken for security. Huh? Well, I mean, I guess I'm thinking construction worker like high vis, yellow or orange. Well, yeah, but I mean, wouldn't uh, some some security? That's true. I guess so. Wear something like that in order to be found quickly if needed. I guess I'm I'm I guess I'm thinking security here. You know, dark subdued colors. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, we don't know the customs of Bulgaria. I I would. Well, it, sound, it sounds it sounds like you don't want to go there on holiday because you might find yourself as a human trafficking victim. Okay, A, I'm too fat to be human trafficked. I'm not attractive enough to be human trafficked, and I'm not going by myself, so I will have other ugly people with me so they don't get trafficked. So in a and group of ugliness, you're safe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got nothing against Bulgaria. Hell, I'd love to go to Bulgaria. Let's go. In a group? In a group, yeah. And not Maybe stay at park. a seedy hotel? We'll have a Patreon uh, exclusive event. We'll all meet over there. Well, see, and that's another thing about this case. You know, they were staying at a resort, and then they decide to go off the resort to a bar, and then that's where they get in an altercation about soccer clubs. But it was Let two different you. German soccer clubs. Is what's funny. Well, they got an ar- the people were they got an argument with were German. I know that's what I'm saying. I mean, this the the place that they went is a very popular tourist spot for Germans. Very popular, and yeah, I'm. If I go to all include, if I pay the money for something and it says all inclusive, and that all inclusive includes drinks, I'm not gonna see anything. I'm not gonna see the tourist sites. I'm not gonna. I might see the pool, but maybe I'm gonna stay within fifty yards of that bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what the I bar that's giving me free drinks will know my name before I leave. And that's like when uh, you hear about uh, resorts in uh, Central America. They tell you flat out, do not, do not go off resort. My senior trip, we went to Cancun. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in Cancun. I don't know anything about Cancun. I know a hell of a lot about the resort I stayed at. <laughs> Because I was 18, and I, I don't know what the legal drinking age is, but they damn sure didn't card me. <laughs> they didn't stop serving, did they? No. They didn't care how uh, intoxicated a young 18-year-old got. They kept on giving. Well, what do you think happened to him? I really don't. I know it's hard to come up with a theory because it's just so odd. Well, I would say that a group of people that are capable of being that passionate about a soccer team that they're going to pay another group of people to beat the shit out of the guy that doesn't like their team is probably capable of doing worse things. True. Could it have been that he may have – could he have seen one of them in the, in the airport? Yeah, but, I, you know, I thought about that too, but – do they and they were like, German? Do they think or they had he had they have to go back to Germany at some point, so maybe they happen to be in the airport. But does he think that they're going to be on the same flight and then when he gets home they're gonna even it's gonna be even worse and that's why he bolts? I just don't I don't understand well, the if that's true, 
There's no explanation of why he never came back. Right. I mean, I don't come back the next day. Yeah, it's kind of like him disappearing from the uh, McDonald's and then showing back up with the, you know, he had the hell beat out of him. And then he leaves that Hotel Color, comes back a couple of hours later. It seems to me that after he clears the airport fence, there's nothing out there, I think. that It's been a while since I watched that video, but there's a, like a, I guess an, interstate right there where trucks and stuff go by he could have hopped in a truck to get out of the area but again like you said short of him having like a huge psychotic break where he just does not know who he is anymore you would think he would try to like calm down come back to the airport get his stuff but i don't i mean it doesn't sound like he made any effort to go back to the resort or to his hotel so where yeah. the where the hell did he go? I I mean I don't know. I can't tell you. That's why he's on this podcast. No, you should you should have the answers. This is your choice. You should have had the answer. Well, I mean, I just don't know. We 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 have to, you know, the what and the why. It's definitely two things we gotta at least give a good theory of. What happened and why? Was it all imagined? Was it a bad reaction? Did he have a concussion? And I mean, or did he have good reason? Was he acting rationally to get the hell out of there because he was in real danger? And if so, did that danger catch up with him after he was gone? Yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, there's no rhyme or reason for continuing to run unless you met with foul play or see the other thing is i don't know what's around the airport could he have after scaling that fence could he have tried to run into the woods and then fell down an embankment and suffered some yeah, kind but of they searched for him with cadaver dogs that's that true. was true that the 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 cadaver dogs the cadaver dogs the cadaver dogs would have found it true true I don't know, man. I think whether it was real or perceived, he, he believed 100% his life was in danger, and that's why he ran. Yes. Now, whether or not that is a direct result of a horrible reaction to that antibiotic remains to be seen. Has anything like that ever occurred with other people taking it would be what my, I would want to know. But, I mean... Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of unanswered questions that, I don't know, man, this this isn't a head-scratcher. Yeah, so something clearly happened, and it's either real or imagined. So that really just, that really encompasses the entirety of existence and our consciousness. <laughs> Hard to narrow that down. Right. I mean, and I think that's the biggest thing that that doctor was trying to say, look, you know, he could have had a psychotic break, but you don't know. He Obviously, there's not a history of mental illness, or that I feel like that would have come to light in the press. So it would be hard for him to have, like you said, that first break psychosis right there at that moment, unless it was triggered by the antibiotic. So, I, I mean, 
I don't but know. But still, that doesn't explain why he, he was never found. Right. That's why what I was about to say. He disappeared without a trace. You know, you're going to find, if that's, say, a complete psychotic breakdown, you're going to find him wandering the streets. You're going to find, I mean, he had, he has no money. He has no identification. He has nothing. But he's got to eat. He's got to drink. He's going to have to be in contact with somebody in order to do that. Yeah. But it just doesn't happen. And he's made no, I don't think he's made any attempts to contact any family or friends. Oh, God, no. He's gone. Yeah. He's been gone. That's what uh, disappeared means. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going on seven years now. It's almost eight years that he's been missing without a trace. I mean, just blinked out of existence, basically, as soon as he leaves that uh, security camera angle. Yeah, I mean, it just it's 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 a it's a mystery. If there was some sort of mysterious podcast that could answer it, definitely be a uh, topic. Definitely. Well, I mean, so what do you think? What do you think happened? I don't know. I mean, that's like I was saying earlier. I don't. It's hard to put this whole thing in one little category. I mean, him bolting like that, if you if you go about thinking that maybe he was on some extracurricular uh, substances, it just doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Even though they said he was frantic, the cab driver that said he was frantic, and then the doctor at the airport said he was frantic, and he, he had bloodshot eyes. But, I mean, hell, that could have been from, him perceiving that as a real danger and him not sleeping for 24 hours. So, well, I mean, yeah, he was definitely up late. We left the, he left the hotel in the middle of the night. He was, he didn't go to another hotel. So he was up. Yeah. And I mean, you're running on adrenaline and when that adrenaline crashes, you know, that's the thing. It almost leads me to believe that once he cleared that fence, he got into a vehicle of some sort trying to get out of there, get away from what he perceived as a danger and not having any money, not having any identification. There's no telling where he's at. I don't know, man. It's, it's, this, one's, this one's a tough one. But recommendations? I recommend you do better research. Well, I have to get my Bulgarian uh, <laughs> newspaper Bulgarian. license. Yeah. Yeah. So... My recommendation is, if you have Hulu, watch the Stephen King 1123, or 2263, about um, the JFK assassination. It is very, very good. Very good. Um, My actual uh, recommendation is to get on Facebook and join our group. Go to groups, type in Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and join the private group. That's where we post the memes and the the articles about weird shit. If you're into if you're into weird stuff, maybe follow us in the group. And if you're find not, out who we really are. That's right. And if you're not following us on any social media, follow us on social media. Help us out. Let's get them numbers thank, up. I want to thank the four people that ordered hoodies. <laughs> yeah. Actually it was sick. Oh, was it? Yeah. I'd like to thank the six people that ordered hoodies. I guess right now is not a good time to be selling apparel. I mean, 
it could have been a good Christmas present. True. But, you know, it's just a little, uh, we swung, we sw- swung and missed on the t-shirts. We swung and missed on the hoodies. And so we're going back up and punt after the first of the year. Maybe try something else. Can't ever tell. Pretty short episode. We didn't really, uh, contribute much to it. Well, there's not a lot out there about it other than us chasing theories. And I think we covered most of those fairly well. But yeah, I mean, this is a a short but sweet episode. There's not a lot out there. Any of our listeners over in the, uh, across the pond that have uh, access to some greater um, websites than we do, please feel free to help us out with this. There was a couple listed on the Wikipedia page, but as soon as you clicked them, my German's just not what it used to be, so I couldn't couldn't decipher it. <laughs> well, Coach, you got anything else? Hey, let's do a countdown since it's a short episode. All right. We're in the Christmas season. Let's do top five Christmas movies. Top five Christmas movies. Oh, Jesus. Yep. All right, here we go. All right, so top five Christmas movies. You want to start us or you want me to? You go ahead. Cause I, I like my list better. So I, I like to be the, the last one. Look at you trying to Timmy Topper. My number five is Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. You are so old. I don't mean the black and white one, smart ass. I don't, I'm talking about the other one. <laughs> Deal, though. I mean, it's just such an old person answer. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Like next time we're, I guess since you're you're revealing your age here, next time we'll do top five brands of Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number five, smartass? I'm gonna go with Elf. That's a pretty good one. I do love a good Will Ferrell movie, and he was just very good in it. Yeah, he is. Yes. Well, that's funny because my number four is Elf. Oh my God, you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It is a good one. I'm. I think that I'm. I'm pretty sure if I know you, the way I think, I'm pretty sure our number one is going to be the same. Should be. Yeah. It's pretty obvious to everyone what the best Christmas movie ever is. But. Yeah. All right. So my number four is Jim Carrey and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh. Well, look at you going. My favorite part of that whole movie is when he's trying to get dressed and he pulls, he yanks the the uh, tablecloth off the table and everything stays put. Yeah. You know, and he was supposed to just tear everything off and he didn't, he actually pulled that off by accident. And they left and it in. Yeah, hell yeah, you leave that in because he improvised and like ran over and knocked everything off. It's a good one. Watched it a couple days ago. Well, my number three is the Bill Murray version of A Christmas Carol. I didn't know there was a Bill Murray version of A Christmas Carol. Yes, that thing is hilarious. Never mind, Scrooged. Yeah, I was thinking like actual Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's it's Scrooged, yeah. But it's his version of a yeah. Christmas Carol, yeah, Scrooged. My number two, or my number three is uh, Scrooged. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
Bill Murray didn't do a Christmas Carol. It's on the freaking list. <laughs> um, my number, I'm an idiot. yeah, you are. Uh, my number two is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's a good one. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's pretty good. You know, uh, just last week's episode when we're talking about Granger Taylor. Well, when the it wasn't the last episode we've done, but the last one that was released. You know, I mentioned. You know, they say geniuses get. You said geniuses get bored all the time. Yes. And uh, had a friend contact me, and they said for a moment I was like, maybe that's why I'm bored all the time. And he said, but no, you had to bring me right back down <laughs> to earth when I was like, well, I get bored all the time, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so mine. This, number what? one. No, I haven't done. I haven't done my number two yet. Oh, that's right. You hadn't done number two. Good do, God. Do number two. You not know how countdowns work? Not really. This one's probably not on anybody's list but mine, but it is a Christmas movie, and I love it. Die Hard? That is, <laughs> no. Well, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, it's The Ref with Dennis Leary. Huh. Kevin Spacey. I don't remember that one. Dennis Leary basically robs a something he steals something and he has to hide out so he kidnaps uh kevin spacey and his wife who happened to just be like fighting bitter bitterly like the whole time that would make for it's, a good movie it is a good movie you should watch it if you ain't even know what it is no i don't i'll have to put that on the list all right buddy go ahead and listen same time number one the you know best it. i know it national lampoons christmas christmas vacation, vacation. Hands down, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy shit. Pass Where's the Tylenol. Tylenol? <laughs> God, that's a good movie. Yeah, it is. I watched man. it three days ago. I might watch it again. See, look, Russ, no lines. I mean, people are going to say, what about a Christmas story? What about this? What about that? Well, what about you're wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh man well all right coach you got anything else you know i don't deuces